You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. Hey, it's Bilal Vakani at Bilal V87 on Twitter and Instagram. AW Dynamite feels empty without the fans. After last week when WWE got criticized for running NXT as really a clip show, or at least a documentary show, AW gained quite a bit of goodwill for putting on a wrestling show, but after this week, uh, they would have been better off running a clip show. We started off with Cody and Kenny Omega. They were on commentary. Joining Tony Schiavone because Taz, Jim Ross, and... Excalibur, I finally remembered him. We're not there. And man, oh man, was the commentary not good throughout the night. We'll get into that more later. And uh, it didn't start well because Cody and Kenny attempted to help Tony run through the card. And this was a sloppy match. I, I refuse to even repeat any of it to you. Not good. Should have practiced this. Cody then awkwardly got off commentary with his mic still hot. So you could hear the headphones and headset ripping off his head. And they then botched his music cue, which... Should not have been the next cue because he was facing Jimmy Havoc. Havoc should have come out and then Cody should have had time while Havoc was coming out to properly enter. Um, But this was a technical nightmare. And then we were told by Kenny and Tony that Jimmy Havoc was undefeated in 2020 with three wins. And of course, that meant Cody beat him because uh, Cody's put a lot of people over, but I guess he's put enough people over. Not that... He could ever get a championship match with Jericho, or Moxley for that matter. But anyways, uh, I did enjoy Kenny on commentary, and probably because I lowered my expectations, and I generally like Kenny Omega, and I'll get more into that later. Jericho and the guns, uh, Billy and his son, were backstage with Sean Spears. I don't know why. Uh, I guess they were betting on the match, and this was their way to do a picture-in-picture and replace the audience, except they seemed to forget to do the picture-in-picture on every commercial break, which is a weird choice. Uh, We move on. And I guess it's because they probably took breaks during the commercial breaks. Havoc did hop on commentary for a bit of this match, which was a nice touch. Uh, And the match was good. There's some very good spots. But again, I'm just sort of disappointed that Cody won because he probably should just lose to Archer. Speaking of which, Jake Roberts then had a video message for Cody where he pointed out that they knew who Lance Archer was. They saw him in Japan and they were afraid of him. And they were starting this company... And one of the best of all times, Jake the Snake did not get a call, probably because they were afraid of him was sort of the implication. And Jake went on to say, bring whoever you want. Lance would take him out. But he was very quick to basically ask for a meeting with Cody, which kind of undermined the initial thing. And then it weirdly transitioned to a close-up of his face. And then, you know, it transitioned to a fire with some sort of transition, which was unnecessary. And he also sort of shouted up Brandy and... Anderson, I don't know if you need to shout out Brandy because she was also serving as the ring announcer here and it kind of reminded you how small this operation was at this point. I think if you had just taken the shot at An- Arn Anderson, that would have been enough. Especially the weird Cleopatra reference didn't really work for me. Cody uh, then returned to commentary because he doesn't trust anybody else. I don't know. After his match, he took a jab at Jake pre-taping, which was good, and then he just kept talking for way too long. Uh, it's a shame... He doesn't have a boss who's not him to tell him to shut up. We got another black and white video from Darby Allen. He's overused this gimmick. Uh, This time he was going very heavy on Kip Sabian, which didn't make a lot of sense given last week they set up a storyline with Colt Cabana, which they made no reference to here that I noticed. And even in this 
package, Alan was sort of still using a lot of the inner circle face masks. The music, on the, by the way, on this package sucked. Uh, and then he burned a table with the mask, although the table was much bigger than the mask, so that seemed unnecessary, but I guess it was good things kindling or whatever to kindling to start fire. Uh, I do give Penelope Ford some credit because uh, there with Kip, I think it was on Dark, she had had the match on the main card, so she was sort of managing him in wrestling gear. I like the touch that she was actually not in wrestling gear coming out, uh, which is a good way to, to sort of make you forget she might get involved in this match. And as generic as Superbad is, I really love Darby Allen's music, and I do think this guy's great. But of course, Cody ruined that by comparing Darby Allen to Sting. Now, he did say Young Sting, I believe, but come on. Just because the guy's little face paint and is odd and connects with young fans, he's not Sting. This guy is a million miles away from Sting. I like Darby Allen a lot. He's not Sting. He probably will never be Sting. Let's just make that clear. Darby won. Uh, Penelope Ford really did sell the shock in that win. Hager kills some jobber. I couldn't even tell the name of the guy. Moxley came out. Swagger ran. Sorry, Hager. Whatever. After the break, for some reason, we had Moxley backstage. He cut a promo. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. We then got a video package of Brody Lee, who uh, looked great in the suit. And the steak he was eating looked great. Uh, but he got upset because some of the lower members of the Dark Order, I'm not sure if they're minion level or not, pretty much. Um, one of them had their steak before he was done eating. The other one sneezed and he kicked them out. And that was it. Pretty disappointing here. And Cody, stop telling me we knew Brody Lee from another name. That is getting really annoying. You've only done it six times in this episode, or whatever it is. I don't count. QT Marshall then got squashed by Brody Lee. Nothing really to say there. Fine, you could do this. You know, whatevs. Sammy Guevara then faced Kenny Omega for the AAA Omega Championship. This had a 60-minute time limit, which I, with I think 45 minutes in the show, which was preposterous. They obviously don't know how to do math. Of course, Sammy Guevara did not win this meaningless championship, which would have at least been interesting, but I don't think they were allowed to do that. Finally, Chris Jericho came out. Uh, he talked for a bit, did some stuff with the camera guy. I sort of zoned out here. Then a Vanguard one dropped from the roof. Hardy eventually appeared all over the crowd. This was... Kind of not done great, but I like the idea. He was jumping from spot to spot. It's a pretty creative idea. I have to give it to him. Um, Matt explained when he finally got in the ring, and there was no microphones for, I don't know what reason, especially with the drone. That was not a good choice audio-wise. Matt said he owed the bucks of youth, I love that, for bringing him back to life. Makes sense. Um, and he also said that they had 25 years of history and basically they went back and forth. You should just watch this. This was excellent. Uh, and eventually Cody Jericho smacked Matt and then he got smacked back. He fell down. He said, well, he's got a trick of his own. And Sammy came out to attack. Of course, through all this Jericho had forgot Cody was on commentary, which I knew because Cody didn't shut up quick enough here. Shut up, Cody. Shut up. I can't say that enough because you didn't shut up enough during this episode. You are not Triple H. You are very far from Triple H. And uh, Cody made the save. For some reason, Kenny Omega came out too because I guess he hadn't had enough airtime. It really was unnecessary. Cody could have easily made the save himself. And uh, that's pretty much how the show ended. Uh, you know, at, at this point, Matt Hardy decided to do his Kane impersonation and triggered some fireworks on the stage. Or fire, I should say. That was it. Not a good show. I, I, yeah, some of the matches were good, but I got to be honest. I don't think I cared about any of this. None of it. This all just kind of washed over me and it was very disappointing and I get you're in a tough situation, but maybe, just maybe, you didn't have to go full clip show like WWE did. I think that was too much with NXT, 
but they should have leaned more on some of the great stuff they produce in-house, and they should have got a bit more creative with it because this just didn't do it for me on any level. It really didn't. It felt shorthanded. A lot of it was illogical as normal. The production wasn't good. It seemed like nothing was rehearsed. Very, very rough show. Possibly the worst episode of AEW Dynamite ever. Understandable given the circumstances, but you could have made a lot of choices that would have made this better. Whether it was Cody trying to go directly from commentary to a match, not a good idea. Whether it was running a Brody Lee video package before a squash match, I feel like you could have spaced those out and built up the squash match more. But that would have given Cody more time to tell us that Brody Lee used to have a different name that we're not familiar with. We get it, Cody. Um, I hated this. You know, I think if tomorrow AW Dynamite said they were just going to not do these shows for one to eight months, whatever this is going to be, I'd be happy. Wouldn't miss it. Don't need it. Wasn't a good show. Tweet me at Ball 87 on Twitter, and you can also read out, reach out to me on Instagram at the same handle. Peace. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com. 